This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Remember the Day. The starring players... This is Olivia de Havilland. And this is Walter Pidgeon. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a radio adaptation of the 20th Century Fox screen success, Remember the Day, from the story by Philo Higley and Philip Dunning, and starring Olivia de Havilland as Nora Trinnell and Walter Pidgeon as Dan Hopkins. In the banquet room of Washington's Mayflower Hotel, political bigwigs are waiting for Dewey Roberts to speak, accepting his nomination as party candidate for the presidency of the United States. But while the politicians wait, Dewey Roberts sits in his hotel suite talking with an old friend, Nora Trinnell, who was his schoolteacher back home in Indiana. Remember the day you kept me after school and made me write, I beg your pardon, 500 times, Miss Trinnell? Very well, Dewey. That was the day I met Dan Hopkins, and we had our first argument. I remember. You wanted to take the class to see a matinee of Midsummer Night's Dream, and Dan had us scheduled to play an important ball game. 27 years ago. Yet, when I close my eyes, I can still see Dan coming through that classroom door. I beg your pardon. Are you Miss Trinnell? Yes. I'm Dan Hopkins, one of your uh, colleagues. Oh, yes. How do you do? Well, uh, Miss Trinnell, it, uh, it, it, it seems we got our signals a little mixed. Yes. Yes. Uh, you see, I've scheduled a very important baseball game for tomorrow afternoon. Well, I'm afraid you'll have to postpone the game, Miss Hopkins. But, but that's impossible. Now, why don't you postpone your matinee? Well, you see, I can't. It's the only matinee they're playing. Oh. Well, uh, I'm afraid we're in the position of the irresistible force and the immovable object, aren't we? Well, I don't know how immovable an object you may be, Mr. Hopkins, but in this matter, I'm afraid I'll have to be irresistible. Ah, you are, in any matter. What? Oh, well, uh, I think we'd better let the principal decide this. No, 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 wait a minute. We're two grown, intelligent people. Are we? 
Well, uh, uh, what I mean is, uh, perhaps we ought to talk this over further without bringing Mr. Steele into it. Uh, did I hear you mention my name, Mr. Hopkins? Uh, in a way, yes. Uh, did you wish to see me about something? Uh, well, no, no. As a matter of fact, I, I didn't. I do, Mr. Steele. Uh, it, it wasn't anything of importance. Oh, I think it was. Yes, Miss Trinnell. Well, Mr. Hopkins and I were having a little argument, uh, Mr. Steele, and I thought perhaps you might be able to settle it. Well, it, it wasn't anything, really. Go on, Miss Trinnell. Well, <clears throat> well... We were just arguing about whether or not this, um, uh, this taxing of one's income is constitutional. You don't have to worry about that, Miss Trinnell. The House of Representatives will never pass an income tax law. Oh. You see, that's exactly what I told you. Uh, thank you. Both of you. That's quite all right, Miss Trinnell. I'm glad to see you and Mr. Hopkins taking such an interest in national issues. If you have any more questions, I'll be in my office. Uh, do you, uh, have any more questions? No. Well, uh, if you think of any, uh, I'll be uh, waiting outside. <laughs> so instead of the class going to the matinee of Midsummer Night's Dream, we kids got to play our ball game. And I hurt my knee and was out of school for the rest of the term. I remember making a boat model and asking you to come to my house to see it. May I see the boat model you made, Dewey? The boat's right over there in the mantle, Miss Trinnell. Why, Dewey? I hope you don't think I was fresh naming it the Miss Trinnell. Why, it's just about the nicest thing that anyone ever did for me. Gosh, you're beautiful, Miss Trinnell. You're practically overwhelming me with flattery, Dewey. I'm sorry. Oh, there's nothing to be sorry about. That was a very pretty compliment. Uh, I certainly had a schoolboy crush on you, Miss Trinnell. Incidentally, I still have that boat model, the Miss Trinnell. And I still have the one you made for me, the Mabel. That was the one that got Dan and me into so much trouble. Oh, yes, I remember. Uh, something happened during your summer vacation. Well, at that time, you were too young to understand what happened. Dan wanted me to spend my vacation at the same resort he was going to. But I was afraid someone might place the wrong construction on our spending the summer together. So I went with the other women to get teachers to what practically amounted to an old maid's home. And after a couple of weeks, I was bored to death. Then one day, while I was hiking along a road, getting away from the incessant woman's chatter, Dan drove up. Hello, Nora. Dan. I just happened to be staying at a lake about 210 miles from here, so I thought I'd drop over. Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Dan. I wondered if you'd like to go for a drive. Will the drive take me away from here to the place where you're spending your vacation? Uh, that's what I had in mind. Well, that's exactly where I want to go. Well, hop in. Charming? Yes, Princess. How did you know I was waiting to be rescued? I'm psychic. I'm glad you brought me here. I suppose you know that I'm in love with you. Uh, did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. What did I say? You said, um, you were in love with me? Well, at least you were listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you to say about it? 
Nothing. Except... Oh, Dan, are you sure? Now, uh, love isn't like a problem in arithmetic, darling. You can't prove it, and you're never sure of the answers. The lady at the hotel told me she'd like to see us married. Uh-huh, but her husband wouldn't. Why not? Well, he's a businessman. When we're married, we'll only rent one room instead of two. Oh. Mm. <clears throat> I think we'd better get back to the hotel. Uh-huh. I want to send a postcard to, uh, to Dewey Roberts. Say, that's an idea. I think I'll send him one, too, and remind him that school begins again next week. Mr. Steele, did you enjoy your vacation? Yes, thank you. You uh, wish to see me? Yes, Mr. Hopkins. A certain matter has come to my attention. Uh Uh-huh. A delicate matter. One of great concern to me as principal of Auburn School. Well, what is it, Mr. Steele? Have you ever seen this postcard before? Uh, why, why, yes, yes, I sent that to Dewey Roberts. It's It's a picture of the Mabel. In my 23 years as principal of Auburn Grammar School, there has never been a tinge of scandal to smirch my record. I'm afraid I don't follow you, Mr. Steele. I'm asking you to resign today. What? Now. And if you refuse, I shall arrange for your immediate dismissal. We'll nip this in the bud before it gets beyond control. Before what gets beyond control? You admit you sent that card? Certainly. What of it? Here's a card sent by Miss Trinnell. Sent from the same place at approximately the same time of the same day. Where did you get these cards, Mr. Steele? They fell into my hands quite by accident. Fortunately, no one else has seen them. But believe me, Mr. Hopkins... If the parents of the children of this school learned that you and Miss Trinnell had spent the entire summer together, they'd tar and feather you and run you out of town. Just what are you insinuating when you say spent the summer together? You're missing the point, Mr. Hopkins. I'm not attempting to judge your moral conduct. But like myself, you're a teacher. You're in public life. And you must set an example. And I must make an example of you. I see. Uh, Mr. Steele, there's no one to blame in this matter but myself. I deliberately went where Miss Trinnell was. Suppose I hand in my resignation. Wouldn't that be sufficient without causing her a lot of embarrassment? Why should she even have to know about it if, uh, as you say, no one else knows but you? I think that could be arranged, Mr. Hopkins. Thank you, Mr. Steele. May I speak with you for a moment, please, Miss Trinnell? Certainly. Uh, Class, read pages 36 to 41. Inclusive. What is it, dear? You're beautiful, Nora. You never looked so beautiful. Oh, Dan, did you call me out of class just to tell me? No, stand there. Stand there against the wall in case you faint. I have something exciting to tell you. Are you insane? Only about you. Nora, I'm going out to start conquering new worlds. You're talking as if you were out of your head. I'm happy, that's all. Come on, have you got the nerve? Got the nerve for what? To quit school and marry me right now, this minute. But Dan, I'm teaching here. Resign. Oh, Dan, we're two responsible people. We just can't pass up duties and obligations because we want to. Well, I have. Oh, no, Dan. Oh, yes, Nora. Oh, Dan. We should have talked it over first. What did Mr. Steele say? Oh, he fussed and blustered around, uh, uh, but, but he finally saw it my way. Dan, there's something wrong. No, Nora, it's right. Absolutely right. Uh, but, uh, well, I, 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 I guess you're right, too. It it would be silly for both of us to pick up and leave at the same time at that. When are you leaving? Now. Now. Are you sure you're not keeping something from me, Dan? What could I possibly want to keep from you, darling? I don't know. It's just that I've never seen you quite like this before. I've never seen me like this, either. 
But I'll be back soon, I hope. And I'll put rings on your fingers and bells on your toes. Oh, darling, I love you so. Ah, that's the way to talk. Now, now don't come down to the door with me. Just stand there on the landing and let me fill my eyes with you, just as you are, Miss Trinnell. Smile. Just a little. There. I'll always remember you like that. Goodbye. 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 Dan! Dan! I knew there was something wrong! And so the curtain falls on the first act of Remember the Day, starring Walter Pidgeon and Olivia de Havilland. Before we hear act two... A word from our hostess, Lady Esther. Just yesterday, I was talking to a man, a well-known artist, who happened to be a judge in a beauty contest not long ago. He told me what a problem it was for him and the other judges to decide on a winner, because all the girls were so lovely. I was interested in a man's viewpoint, so I said, How did you finally choose the winner? What decided you? Well, he said, there was one girl who wasn't actually any prettier than the others, but she had such a gorgeous skin that we felt we just had to name her the winner. Yes, the girl with a lovely skin is always a winner, always outstanding. And any girl can have a lovelier skin. Any girl can have a softer, smoother, more attractive skin by using Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. For you see, every time you use Lady Esther Face Cream, here's what it does. First, it cleans your skin so thoroughly that no stubborn dirt can stay lodged in the pore openings. Second, it softens your skin and relieves the brittle dryness that may cause little lines. Third, it helps nature refine the pores. And fourth, it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Just try Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. And when you touch the soft, new smoothness of your skin, when you see in your mirror the look of radiant, new freshness your skin has taken on, you'll know you've discovered a truly beautifying face cream at last. And now we raise the curtain on Act Two of Remember the Day, starring Olivia de Havilland as Nora Trinnell and Walter Pidgeon as Dan Hopkins. In the banquet room... The politicians are still waiting for Dewey Roberts, while Dewey continues reminiscing with Nora Trinnell. When Mr. Hopkins left town so unexpectedly, it... Certainly gave Auburn a scandal to talk about, Miss Trinnell. Yes. Mr. Steele's secretary had overheard just enough of his conversation with Dan to start a torrent of malicious gossip. And the story of Dan's leaving town because of an affair he was having with a girl named Mabel had so many seemingly authentic points, even I almost believed it. Until you came to my school. Come in. I waited until after school to bring you this, Miss Trinnell. I think it's the best boat model I ever made. Well, thank you, Dewey. It's lovely. Do you recognize the Mabel? Mabel? Yeah. 
I copied it from the picture postcard you sent me. Your card was perfect for the beam, and I got the side view for Mr. Hopkins' picture. Mr. Hopkins' picture? Yeah, he sent me a picture of the Mabel, too. Mabel? Mabel? Why, of course, Dewey, it was the Mabel, wasn't it? Huh? Dewey, did, did you show those picture postcards to anyone? Only Mr. Steele. Only Mr. Steele. He has to borrow them. Oh, thank you, Dewey. You're a darling. I'll keep the Mabel always. Is this a night letter, Mr. Nell? Yes, full-rate telegram. You got more than ten words, you know. Night letter will get there the first thing in the morning. Dan drives fast. Mr. Dan Hopkins, Engineers Club, Chicago, Illinois. Dan, my darling, you are such a dear, gallant fool. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, Nora. Uh, you could cut out this uh, last love you. You've already said it three times. Love Nora means the same thing as I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, you send it just as it is, please. It's, um, it's a secret code. Mr. Hopkins got some sort of engineering job with a Chicago firm after he left Auburn, didn't he, Miss Trinnell? Yes, Dewey. We were going to be married the next June as soon as school was out. Dan's company was sending him to Honduras, and the trip was going to be our honeymoon. But on the day before Christmas, 1916, Dan returned to Auburn unexpectedly as Lieutenant Hopkins of the Royal Canadian Engineers. What are you doing in that uniform, Dan? Well, I expect to do my bit. Oh, I knew something would happen. Everything was too perfect to last. Oh, darling, have a little confidence in me. Why, with me in this war, it'll be over in six months. It'll have to be. I have a very important date in June. Now, don't cry, darling. I won't. Look, I have two whole weeks before I have to report. Two weeks? Two whole weeks. Dan, will you marry me right now? Right Why... away? Miss Trinnell, this is so sudden. And for our honeymoon, we'll go to the same resort where we spend our vacation. After ten hours, what's your opinion of marriage, Mrs. Hopkins? Well, I think that no family should be without one. Ah, a reactionary, eh? You know, I've come to the conclusion that we're two of the nicest people I ever knew. Oh, you may be, but I'm not. Well, I won't argue with you. Anyway, you're beautiful. No, definitely no. That's just your masculine ego. A man thinks his wife has to be beautiful because he picked her. I still say you're beautiful. No, if anyone in our family is beautiful, darling... It's you. Uh, you think so? Yes. Well, if you insist. Uh, um, yeah, but, but by golly, I, I guess you're right. Oh, Dan, darling, I love you so. I'm going to be so terribly, terribly lonesome. Stop the world, please, darling. Stop. Thank you so much. It can't stand still indefinitely, Nora. I know. But let's try to forget it. There's so much I still have to know about you. 
All the things that happened when you were a child. Oh, there was nothing unusual. Mumps and measles. Uh, say, I thought I told you that you weren't to cry. I'm not crying. I... I oh, I'm so sorry, darling. I wanted to be brave and gay and amusing and make it easy for you to leave when our time is up, but I can't. I'm selfish. You've given me the world. And I want to keep it. Keep it for me, too, dear. Oh, Dan, I'm frightened. I'm frightened at the thought of being alone. But I suppose in the end, we all have to stand alone. You won't be alone. I'll be back. You can bank on that. I'll always be with you. Those two weeks Dan and I had together with Gloria Stewie, but they ended too soon. We went back to Auburn, and almost before we knew it, the day for Dan's departure arrived. He didn't want me to go to the station with him for fear we'd cry, so I kissed him goodbye and walked over to your house. You'd been acting strangely from the time Dan returned to Auburn, and though I didn't connect the two, I was anxious to learn what was wrong with my favorite pupil. Well, I was just lovesick. I remember Steve Hill and I had quite a battle when Steve said Mr. Hopkins had been forced to resign from school and leave town because he'd gotten into some sort of a mix-up with you. Then when I walked into your classroom one afternoon and saw you kissing Mr. Hopkins, the only thing I could think of was to leave town and go to another school. I remember. You were packing when I reached your house and your mother directed me to your room. Can I come in, Dewey? Can if you want to. Oh, how wonderful, Dewey. You're first, aren't they? They're just long pants, that's all. I wouldn't let you go away without saying goodbye. Weren't you going to come and say goodbye to me? Nope. What's happened, Dewey? What's happened to what? To our old friendship. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, if you don't want to tell me, it's quite all right. Goodbye, Dewey. But I want to wish you luck. So much love. Oh, great guns. Don't be nice to me. Go ahead and laugh at me. I'm not laughing, Dewey. Anyway, you can tell him and have a lot of fun. Dewey, my grandfather, the ship's captain I've told you so much about, used to say that when you run a foul, dirty weather and there's a chance you may founder, spill your cargo, it's the ship that counts. Well, I couldn't help it. The fellas were talking about you and Mr. Hopkins... That's what I fought Steve Hill about. Then I went up to your classroom to tell you I was sorry. And I saw him kissing you. Oh, so that's it. I wonder what I should tell you. I'd like you to understand, you. You don't have to tell me anything. The way you're feeling now will pass, you. Believe me. I know how awful it is when people and things disappoint you. It hurts. It hurts to find out that people you love are not stars, but human beings made of flesh and blood. But that's the way people are. And those are the things we learn as we grow up. I love Mr. Hopkins, and he loves me. But my love for him hasn't changed my affection for you. It's hard to grow up, Dewey. But you mustn't let anyone or anything throw you off your course. Because you see, in the end, you'll have to stand by yourself. 
gee, Miss Trinnell, don't cry. Because if you cry, I'll cry. I'm trying hard not to do it. I'll tell your teacher's secret, Dewey. Each year, there's someone in the class who stands out, someone whom the teacher counts on and loves as though that child were her own. You're one of those few, Dewey. So you mustn't let me down, Dewey. Will you remember that? Yes, um... And you'll remember me, too, a little? Oh, of course, Miss Trinnell. Uh, Miss Trinnell, would you come to the station with me? Oh, no. No, I couldn't do that. Mr. Hopkins is leaving on that train. Oh, please, just sort of be there to wave. That way I could never forget. All right, Dewey. I'll be there. I knew you'd be here. How could you know, Dan? I just... Remember I told you I was psychic? You were waiting to be rescued that day, Nora. Yes, my darling. But you're leaving now. And I don't want to be left alone. I'll be back, Nora. Dewey and I will both be back to rescue you again. Of course you will, darling. In a way, I won't even be leaving. I'll be with you every minute. Wherever I go, whatever I do, you'll always be with me. I remember another goodbye, Nora. I said, just stand there on the landing and let me fill my eyes with you, just as you are. Let me fill my eyes with your beauty. Goodbye, Mr. Now. Goodbye. Goodbye, Dewey. Au revoir, Dan. Au revoir. Au revoir, darling. Smile. Smile. There. That's better. Much better. He really means it this time. So long, Nora. So long. I'll never forget that, Miss Trinnell. Boy, was I proud to be riding with Mr. Hopkins because he was in uniform. By the way, what's Mr. Hopkins doing now? He... he didn't come back from France. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Well, does... does that mean you're alone now? Alone? Why? I'm never alone, Dewey. Wherever I go, whatever I do, I have a crowd of memories to keep me company. Why, I remember the day... Olivia de Havilland and Walter Pigeon for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight. That was our pleasure, Mr. Bradley. You see, the Motion Picture Relief Fund, which benefits from these programs, is very important to all of us in the industry. We're vitally interested in the fund and the country house and clinic which it supports. And now, here's a word from America's best-known beauty authority, Lady Esther. Thank you, Mr. Havilland. Friends, do you know how a play becomes a hit, how a book becomes a bestseller? I'll tell you how. By people talking about the play, talking about the book, telling one another how wonderful it is. And that's exactly how Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream has become such a big hit with the women of America. Women have tried it, talked about it, told one another how much this one cream can do to improve and beautify the skin. 
today, millions of women use Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. And I just wish you could read some of the letters they write me. One elderly woman wrote that her skin now looks so much younger and fresher that she's the envy of many women half her age. You see, Lady Esther face cream is an entirely new and different kind of cream designed to take care of these four vital needs of your skin. It thoroughly cleans your skin, removing dirt that ordinary washing often fails to remove. It softens your skin, loosening and absorbing the dry clinging flakes. It helps nature refine the pores, and it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Now, if you want proof that Lady Esther Face Cream brings your skin these four aids to beauty, just try it. Your mirror will show you all the proof you want in the new freshness, the soft, new loveliness of your skin. Many women say their skin looks years younger after just a few applications of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Immortal Sergeant. It will star Francho Tone, Maureen O'Sullivan, Alan Mowbray, and Charles Irwin. Be sure to listen. Olivia de Havilland can now be seen in the Warner Brothers' latest comedy, Princess O'Rourke. Walter Pidgeon can soon be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production, Madame Curie. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. For economy's sake, get the largest size of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream and the larger size of Lady Esther face powder. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you... And good night, all. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.